Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Beloved Podcast. My name is Lena Hobson and I'm here with Carolyn Thomas and Sam Key. Can I just um, say welcome back, Lena? We missed you, Lena. <laughs> I had another little beautiful boy and so she hasn't been on with us for a while since then. Thank you. Yeah. So good to have you back on board. Yes. Little Henry. <laughs> yes, he is a delight. Um, so we're continuing on with our, our podcast series on Paul's letter to the Philippians, I nearly said Philippines, (laughs) and we're going to be looking at chapter 3 over the next um, several podcasts. Um, So Sam, do you want to just kick us off with read? oh, should we probably introduce Sam? Hi! Yeah, this is Sam's first first podcast with us here. But I'm an old hat. (laughs) Not a podcast, but at church. Um, So Sam is our worship leader at church, and she's in general great at everything. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Um, So Sam, if you could read um, chapter 3, verses 1 to 2. Okay, so Philippians 3, verses 1 to 2, and I'm reading from the NIV. Further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. You could have put a bit more expression on that. Hey, those dogs, those <laughs> evildoers, those mutilators. Those guys. I love Paul. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, so um, we just see in that uh, verse that Sam's just read that um, where Paul's speaking, he says, it's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it's a safeguard. So let's just discuss that statement a little bit, girls, that Paul stated that writing the same things was no trouble and it was a safeguard to the Philippians. Why do you think he said that? What was he meaning? Well, you know, repetition always helps us to remember things. Like, how much do you absorb the first time you read a chapter Mm. of the Bible or you listen to a sermon? You know, you have to to really get into it and memorize and study the word and... um, that repetition really underlines the importance of, of what we're learning and it's a guard against error because, you know, we're building it up in our in our in ourself. Yeah. I um actually looked up the amplified and the word for safeguard is a precaution and I, I really liked that word there. And I guess I was thinking about it similar to what you were saying, Lena, it actually helps me absorb more of what is said the second time that I hear it. That's why I go and listen to the sermon podcasts at home sometimes and you know gets that into it and I guess as a teacher also I'm a high school maths teacher for those of you out there and don't groan um, I like maths (laughs) and for me when I'm teaching if you don't repeat something someone might not be listening 100% the first time or if you repeat it again a couple of lessons later they might be in a slightly different place of understanding so the second time that you you say it to them or the next time that you say it to them they have that ability to understand in a deeper way and I like that yeah that's good yeah, so clearly he was drawing their attention to the fact that it's good to have repetition, which is what both of you girls have said. And and what I've got here as well, and Sam, I agree with you, a good teacher knows the value of repetition. Mm. And, you know, I was just thinking as well, we the society we live in as well is looking for novelty all the time and, you know, something new, something entertaining. Mm. But the fact is that the truths of Christianity don't change and we can't hear them too often. Um, you know, and, and just as we expect that we're going to eat bread and drink water every day, that we need to listen again and again to, to those truths, those basic truths, because that's the bread and water of life, isn't it? It's life, our spirit and souls. And, yeah. you know, the Bible says as well that man doesn't live on bread alone, but by every word. So that is for us crucial. And, you know, so for, and, and where he says as well that, um, you know, it's a safeguard, 
So for a teacher to be going over and over basic truths of the Christian faith is what isn't going to ensure the safety of the hearers. Like yeah. you said, a precaution that's going to guard you against deception. And that's why Paul says that. And, you know, preaching and teaching and studying sad issues have got their place. Okay, and they might seem sometimes more attractive and entertaining. You know, let's say if I'm teaching you about how to have a great friendship or you know, great marriage and stuff. Those things are important and they do have their place, but the fundamental truths of Christianity cannot be spoken or heard too often. Yeah. And again, for our safety, so that, that we can, you know, um, recognize deception when it comes. And so the word is a safeguard against that deception. Mm-hmm. That's good. I was saying last night to my husband, we were running like a, a foundational course type thing in our um, small group and like I think it's my third or fourth time that I've done it and I'm still learning new things I'm still you know I'm looking forward to the the next session um yeah because these like you want to just learn all this stuff you want to know it you know it you know it you know it that's what yeah you want to have full confidence in in the foundational truth Mm -hmm. and that's what Paul wanted yeah you want to master those concepts yeah yeah yeah. right well now in verse 2 he goes on to tell the Philippines to be wary of those dogs men who do evil and mutilators of the flesh. And so that verse 2 says, Watch out for those dogs, those evildoers, those mutilators of the flesh. Who is Paul referring to there? What types of people, Lena? Well, so he's well, obviously referring to people who really aggressively opposed the gospel. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a couple of references to dogs um, in the Bible. So, you know, Revelations 22.15 um, references them. And it says that dogs are those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Now just read the first verse of that, the first word of that before you say. Sorry, dogs are those. No, I can before you haven't got there. Outside are the dogs. Oh. No, I don't know. Just because for interest, that's outside or the dogs, so they're yeah. outside, so it's people that are not going to get in. Mm. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, definitely. I actually looked up, um, again, the Amplified, and, you know, they actually put in brackets the Judaizers, which were the legalists, and they're the ones that added to salvation, and they tried to earn, like, part earn their way for salvation, and it was really interesting that, you know, it was everyone who practices and loves falsehood was the part that stuck out from Revelation 22.15, and, you know, the ones that practice untruth or error or deception or cheating, um, and I thought that, you know, really linked well to those legalists. Yeah. Have you got anything to add here? Just because um, I interrupted you. Sorry, it's <laughs> such a great thing. <laughs> um, I looked up Isaiah fifty six ten to 11, which was another one that referenced dogs, and I thought that was really interesting because it says, Israel's watchmen are blind. They all lack knowledge. They are all mute dogs. They cannot bark. They lie around in dreams. They love to sleep. They are dogs with mighty appetite appetites they never have enough they are shepherds who lack understanding mm-hmm. they all turn to their own way they seek their own gain and i just thought it was interesting because it's linking the dogs to you know the, the leaders and the, the watchmen the shepherds mm-hmm. it was linking them back so you know the people that paul talking about you know they're not joe blow these are also like leaders and mm-hmm. um you know people who are supposed to be <laughs> guiding people into you know the mature things of christ but they um you know, instead of serving them up, you know, just religious spirit and mm. um, leading them to, you know, like people who just bite verbally, self-righteous, um, 
legalistic people. I like that, the biting. Well, and the thing is as well, in those days, and whenever the Bible refers to dogs, it's actually, it's not like we have now where dogs can be much loved household pets. That was the lowest, like it was the biggest insult you could give because that's something there of nothing. Um, in, in the Bible, when it talks about dogs, it's, it stands for that than which nothing can be lower. So mm. it was really an insult. And, you know, whenever um, Peter... Uh, sorry, Paul. Whenever Paul preached, he had these Jews, like you said, Sam, that were following him, and they were trying to undermine and underdo his teaching all the time. And they were those of the circumcision group, the Jews. Um, mm-hmm. And Paul was teaching that salvation is by grace alone, and it can't be earned. And you yeah. alluded to this as well. And these Jews, these dogs that Paul referred to, were those that were teaching that to be saved, a person had to earn it. Yeah. by deeds of the law and that salvation was only for the Jews as well it wasn't for anyone else and that a man had to be circumcised become a Jew before God would have any use for him and that's what you were saying Sam about mm. adding things on to earn your salvation and that's also why Paul says there as well it is we who are the circumcision we who serve God by his spirit because they were trying to say mm. you need to yeah. take on laws you need to take on circumcision and you know trying to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ Mm. All right, so verse 3 probably, I mean, question 3 probably goes on more the same line. It says, the words Paul used to describe them, dogs, evildoers, mutilators. And as as we've already said, Jesus used the same word dogs in Revelation. Um, Why do you think Paul was so strong in his condemnation of them? We've probably touched on that. Yeah, I mean, did you want to? Well, I was going to say um, the evildoers, you know, they were evil workers, mischief makers. You know, they toiled, they labelled, uh, laboured, they worked for evil um, there. So they were actively opposing the gospel and actively opposing what he was preaching. Yeah. It wasn't like they were doing it absently or by accident or out of ignorance. They were actually labouring for evil. Yeah. And I think that as well, like we've already discussed, he was so strong in condemning them because they were trying to take away from the work of Christ on the cross, basically. They were yeah. trying to add on that you have to do all these laws and stuff to get salvation and that's why we're so you know trying to take it would take away their freedom in Christ again yeah under slavery and you know yeah and you look at like Romans 1 um Paul um he has this list of sin and talks about um they know God's righteous decree and they know that this stuff equals death but they continue to do these things and they approve of those who practice them. Mm. You know, and that you know, they're approving that sin, encouraging it, applauding it and the, you know, that really showing like a blatant disregard for the things of God. Yeah. Yeah. And and also there's well, um, you know, as I said a few minutes ago that um you know, for in, in the Bible dog is something which is really considered low and the Greeks thought the same as well. The dog stood for everything that was unclean. And and the the interesting thing is that these these Jews that were of the circumcision group and that wanted to add all the laws and stuff they actually referred to the Gentiles as dogs. Yeah, that's what they called them. And Paul was really strong in condemning because, as we said, they were trying to pervert the gospel, and he was fiercely protecting the gospel and the believers. And so he hated that these Jews were trying to teach people that they needed to follow laws and rituals for salvation. Um, yeah, so, you know, he's basically saying to them, and your pride and your self-righteousness, you're calling other people dogs, but it's you who are the dogs because you're perverting mm. the gospel of Christ. Mm. And, you know, he knew as well that the effect of their teaching, and this is why he was so anti it as well, was that it's going to take men further away from God instead of bringing them closer to God because you put on a whole lot of rules and laws and people can't actually 
fulfill them and, and you know, um, they're just going to feel condemned and it's going to just make you feel that that's this big, harsh, distant God that's just putting all these rules yeah. and laws. So it's not going to draw you closer to God. It's going to, you know, make you feel further it's away. How how awful. Like, not only were they themselves in sin, but they were leading others astray into yeah, sin. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's why he was so strong in condemning because he hated, he, he knew that that's mm-hmm. what they were doing. So if we look, we've got some scriptures here um, where... Um, this is Jesus talking. I just laugh because I love it. I just love how he and Paul talked. Um, Matthew, not just to anyone, but you know, religious spirit and the Pharisees. Matthew three seven. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to where he was baptizing, he said to them, "You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath?" And um, we have Matthew twelve. He calls them vipers as well. And how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Matthew 23:33 again he refers to them as snakes and a brood of a brood of vipers and he says how will you escape being condemned to hell and then Matthew 23 he says woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees you hypocrites you are like whitewashed tombs which look beautiful on the outside but on the inside are full of dead bones of the dead and ev- full of the bones of the dead and everything unclean mm. and we also have of course the account in John where he went into the temple and you know he just overturned their tables and, you know, he, he he referred to them as, you know, he said, you've made my father's house a market. And some version, some version, it says a den of Roberts. Of Roberts. Robbers. Roberts. <laughs> Sorry, Roberts. <laughs> 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 so, but just, so, so looking at all the words, you know, how Jesus was speaking there, think of the present, like, grace, grace, false love, religious spirit that's that's out there today maybe in a lot of churches how do you think some of those churches and when we talk about grace grace we're talking about hyper grace where um people are just preaching you know that it doesn't really matter what you do god's going to forgive you and encourage 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 no correction no rebuking no full gospel basically so how do you think jesus and paul as they were speaking calling people dogs and calling people vipers and snakes how do you think they'd be regarded in, in some of these churches well, for one, they'd be slammed on Facebook. They'd go viral. <laughs> you know, they'd have all these people. False teacher. <laughs> oh, they'd, they'd, they'd have all these people up in arms in offence over the fact that they've used such harsh language when, you know, they're pretty much telling the truth. You know, um, that you know, our times are very politically correct, and you know, they would see it as denigrating their character and unloving and too strong and unseemly and. You know? Yeah. Yeah, well they would be considered to not have a full revelation of God's love. Yeah. Not realising in fact the opposite yeah. love and truth hand in hand. Yeah. Well that's what I got as well. I got the main thing the accusation that would come would be that you don't love, you haven't got love. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's that false love gospel which I think is so prevalent today and it's um that thing of you can't judge, who are you? You can't judge, you can't talk to people like this you've got no love and that's designed to stop correction and rebuke from taking place and as far as I'm concerned it's a doctrine straight from the pit of hell Mm. of course I mean you discipline those you love you discipline your children don't put your hand on the stove you discipline because you love them God does the same with us like they'll so do do our leaders (laughs) yeah well I was going to say they they use scriptures like Ephesians 4.29 which is to do with speaking only what is helpful for building others up and they, they take that Correction. out of con- Yeah, they, <laughs> they use it to encourage falsehood rather than actually 
rebuking what is untruth and you know they would say love your neighbor as yourself but the first part of that verse actually says love god yeah. then love your neighbor yeah, as yourself yeah. and they get the order wrong and, and place undue emphasis and mm. basically sweep all the untruth under the carpet and I mean, the Bible is very clear on how the Word of God is to be used, and, and part of its application is that correction and rebuke we needed so that people can be brought to maturity and can be properly trained and equipped. They can, de- you know, develop character and be found fit for service. And the type of love that just says encourage, 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 but doesn't ever correct is loving people right into hell. I've said that before. Mm. Um, because if people aren't corrected and trained, they're not going to stand. And that that's my, you know, when I talk about that, that's my passion. That these people are going to fall away when pressure comes because they they weren't warned, you know, mm. that you could be persecuted. Well, you will be persecuted. You're going to have hard times, but that's all for your good to build character. And if they're not taught that, they're going to fall away. And I think discipline um, is one of the most misunderstood practices and is sorely lacking in some places in the body of Christ. And I think Jesus would definitely be barred from some pulpits today. Um, you know, I just think of those people whose stock standard comment is, oh, you don't love, you can't speak like that. What would they actually say to Jesus himself if he was here and he said, you brutal vipers? Mm. You know? And Jesus strongly condemned and used these words because, again, like you said earlier, like they're leading people astray with these laws that they're imposing and putting burden upon burden upon the people. And, and you know, he saw that and he hated that. He hated what they stood for, that religion, laws and rules, which bring death and bondage. They don't bring life and freedom. And he knew how hypocritical they were. He also knew that the effect, as I said earlier, of their teaching would be drawing men away from God instead of bringing them closer you know, just making sure that, 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 you know, they would feel that it would be ensure that God's distant, he's demanding, he's never satisfied. And that's why Paul and Jesus were both so passionate about that because they hated the bondage that these laws and rules would be putting on people. Mm. I like, um, you know, they were interfering with salvation and you just don't yeah. interfere yeah. with salvation. Yep. And that's the whole thing of striving and earning, isn't it? Um, yeah. yeah. So, anyone else got anything to add? We, um, well, I was just I was reading through Revelations a bit as I pondered your question whether or not Jesus or Paul will be allowed to preach in our churches today, and like it just really struck me just the like utter holiness of God. Um, you know, as you're reading through the letters to the churches, you know, these are the words of Him who has a sharp, double-edged sword. These are the words of the Son of God, whose eyes are like blazing fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze these are the words of him who is holy and true these are the words of the amen the faithful and true witness the ruler of god's creation like we serve a holy god um you know and like the word of god is alive and active it is sharper than any double-edged sword you know and um like there's just so prevalent in the church today like just this watered down watered down gospel you know like how many churches seem to be moving towards this social justice movement and you know the activation of believers is about into social justice causes you know i know it's it's good it's a good thing to look after the orphans and the widows and and the poor but you know we're called to to um go and make disciples that was yeah, yeah. that's what we were commissioned with as the main thing but so many people are activated into just the social justice thing or you know a sermon seem to 
more resemble motivational talks given by a motivational speaker rather than yeah. preaching of the word. Yeah. Um, you know, just just so struck me like that, just that holiness, you know, and we're talking about oh, it's love, love, love. You know, you've got to love, love, love. People never say anything that could bring conviction. But like, look at what Jesus says. If the world hates and hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. Mm. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. You know, so the message that we have is one of brings conviction. And that's why, you know, we can expect to be hated. You know, so this is not a cushy message that that we're bringing. Um, Yeah. Like a disciple is one who has discipline you know from the same root word and i i just had this analogy and ended up looking up about pruning which is kind of a random thing to look up on the internet but i found these these things that pruning is actually useful for and it says pruning is useful for dead wood removal Mm. so removing the dead stuff in our lives it's really useful for shaping and controlling the direction of growth it's useful for improving and maintaining the health of the plant yeah. and it's useful for reducing the risk of falling branches I know that there used to be a tree that we weren't supposed to park underneath because the branches would drop off and you know we all see people who are a bit like that who haven't been pruned and if you stand too close to them a branch is going to fall on your head and then <laughs> um, pruning is really useful for increasing the fruit yield and the quality of the fruit and flowers of the tree yeah. uh, there are so many people who are living in churches where they're not pruned they're not disciplined they're not brought you know the hard word they're taught that god's love is unconditional but then they automatically apply that to god's promises yeah and the thing is in the bible god's love is unconditional but god's promises always have conditions you always have to go in and find those conditions and if they're not met then you don't fulfill the conditions of that promise and you can't expect for you know god to just give to you when you haven't met his conditions yeah. and I think a lot of people get that mixed up yeah. and we're, we're living in a church world that um, has a lot of soft sugary teaching yeah. and because there's grace 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 like they just abuse it mm. like Paul says no we don't go sinning on <laughs> because yeah. of grace you know yeah. Yeah. don't abuse that I love what you um, said there Lena that you know, it's a love, love. Never say anything that brings conviction. Mm. And that's the key, like, the word is for conviction, which is a good thing. But they would be taken as, oh, you're saying all this stuff and you're condemning, you're bringing condemnation. But it's actually, often it's conviction, but that's another sort of escape clause people have. Oh, well, no, that's, you're bringing, you know, you're being condemning, I'm not listening, when often it's conviction and not actually condemnation. Mm. And Mm. so we've got to be really careful that we don't dismiss. Um, And, you know, the sad thing is the whole false love stuff that I'm talking about, the people that would be saying, oh, you can't say that, or, you know, don't be condemning, or you're not loving, it's Christians, or Christians in name that are actually saying that to other Christians. Yeah. You know, I just don't know how they explain away all those scriptures. Like you saying, Sam, about the pruning, I mean, that's a great analogy. And the Bible talks about that as well. You know, it's all the dying to self and, you know, and all of that is for your benefit, for your growth. So, you know, it's really, yeah, it's important. And, but that just consoles me um, in a way to think, you know, if I get attacked sometimes about my preaching or whatever or 
it takes it's too harsh or whatever it's just like well you ain't seen nothing yet listen to Jesus <laughs> and, and just knowing that you know Jesus wouldn't be allowed to preach in a lot of pulpits today which is really sad yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, even Paul uses the term mutilators. Like yeah. they regarded circumcision as such a holy thing, you know, a sign of God's covenant, and they're calling it mutilation yeah. because yeah. of the way that they're doing it and the attitude behind it. Well, and that's it's the attitude behind it, mm. you know, that that's what you you know all these laws and stuff to to earn salvation. Yep. All right. Well, that was um, good. I'd just like to remind um, the people listening that we have switched, and and you had that from the last series of podcasts. We have switched to putting the podcast up every fortnight because we'd really like you in the intervening week to just really take the time to listen to this maybe more than once and just to get into the word for yourself because you know you really need to get into it study it yourself check out what we're saying mm. and yes yeah, so we just encourage you to do that all right well that's it for us this podcast um we would love for you to read Philippians 3 as your homework just really start um, reading through that and and chewing on that that would be well just beneficial for you Um, and everyone else (laughs) (laughs) Um, so if you would like to get in contact with us you can jump onto our website www.life-house.net or you can find us on Facebook under Lifehouse Ministries Right, we'll see you next time. Good night. Bye. Or good day or whatever you are.